0: I was realizing in my morning when I was super busy that I wanted something that was a little less NPR style that Mm -hmm. gave me a good overview, but was like, didn't suck the energy out (laughs) of my whole day. Right. So, and I couldn't find it. And so that was kind of the aha moment of, I kind of want to do something different with my career. I kind of want to solve this problem for people in news and wait a minute, maybe I can just do it myself. So I did.
1: Podcast Junkies, episode 168, back, back, back again. Guess who's back? Harry Dorey, host of Podcast Junkies. That's who. I think I might have had too much coffee this morning. This is the show where we get to speak to amazing podcast hosts and the occasional fun and uh, wacky intro when I'm feeling crazy because as a podcast host, you should mix things up and not be predictable and have fun with your podcasting family. Did you catch last week's episode, Travis Chappell, host of Build Your Network, getting good, good buzz on the show. Travis, Travis's story is so inspirational when you think about what he's done in such a short period of time and he demonstrates what uh, the importance of hustle, uh, for lack of a better word, but just perseverance and commitment and investment in himself and really having a mindset that he's going to do what it takes uh, to really shorten the learning curve and decide who it would make sense to connect with and you'll hear the whole story it's 167 it's it was last week's episode and it's really really good if you are on the fence about making an investment in yourself in building your podcast or your company i think that one will be very very motivating for you this week we speak with the lovely erica mandy host of the newsworthy erica's so sweet so nice we met at podcast uh, podcast movement originally and then we reconnected at uh, actually pod fest and then we re- reconnected at podcast movement it was such a, a great time so much fun um, and she's a journalist who's now started her own show she actually caught me listening to the news again i had deleted the news app from my phone and it's seven to ten minutes it's fast and fun And the the theme song is pretty addictive once you've been listening to it every single day. We talk about the first time she became aware of what was happening in the podcasting world and how she got the idea to start a news podcast. She lets us know what the feedback is that she received on leaving her job and starting a podcast from her peers and her colleagues. She talks about the different jobs she had as a news reporter that actually helped her with the podcast. And she outlines the process she uses to sort and select which stories to report on. We talk about bringing on experts with different backgrounds and perspectives, and she highlights the mentors who were important to her during her career in journalism. She calls out her, she calls out, um, she gives a shout out to her parents for the support she's received. And obviously, we close with the two questions of what she's changed her mind about recently and the most misunderstood thing about her. It's a really informative episode, especially when you understand how someone who's been groomed for uh, her position in journalism has now been able to take all those skills that she learned in her 10 plus years and now use that to good effect for a podcast that is really specifically f- uh, for her niche, for her skill set, and how she's been able to, to do that and have a successful show. I'm, I'm really happy uh, at telling her story and I think you'll really dig it. I touched upon this last week, but I'm starting a case study program and I'm looking for a few specific people. It's really a small group of folks that I'm going to work on a podcast with. So, really, if you're serious and ready to launch your podcast, if you're running a profitable business, if you have time to work on your show starting this month and you have at least 300 people, give or take, on your email list, you are friendly and you are coachable and you can keep a secret, then reply to me via email harry at podcast junkies all you need to do is place it in the place the words case study in the uh, subject line or in the body and uh, i'll be in touch soon so really looking forward Uh, we just had a wave of folks go through recently and they've had uh, a lot of results uh, good results with the launch of their show and i'm just looking forward to help the next round so Stay tuned for the retention hashtag, which is at the end of the episode, and it's my way of seeing who's been paying attention. But for now, let's jump into this interview with Erica, shall we? Erica Mandy, host of The Newsworthy, thank you so much for joining us on Podcast Junkies.
0: Thank you for having me. So glad to be here.
1: So there's always a a a, what I call an origin story for all my guests, because uh, occasionally I'll get pitched... By people who want to just appear on the show, they're like, "I've got a great marketing ex- background, and I think <laughs> your, your audience would be perfect." I'm like, "I don't think you listen to the show." Like, it's, it's... so we met at, um, I think for the first time at Podfest.
0: Yeah, 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 Podfest in Orlando.
1: Yeah, we showed up uh, a day early, <laughs> a handful of us, because it was like the Wednesday, I think, and we thought. Things were going to start on Thursday, or was it Wednesday or Thursday? Every one of those days, but we were all just like milling around. There's like, there's like not a lot to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, we all uh, at some point we all like went to Seven Eleven and got chips yeah. and popcorn yeah, and yeah. hung out and chatted and got to know each other a little bit. So that was fun.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a couple of different threads and social media posts about that infamous uh, <laughs> trip to 7-Eleven. I had
0: to leave early to actually go do my podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right, but that's I was, right. I got to take part a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny cause as the two days progressed, it was so busy that if we hadn't met on that day or that night, uh, we probably wouldn't have like run into each other. Cause unless we were in a mutual conversation and, and it's easier when there's like a handful of people in, in the hotel, but like the next two days were crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I left early too, because I had to be back in LA for something else. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I think Ryan Gray yes. introduced us, Ryan's he good, knows everybody.
1: Ryan's a good guy. <laughs> he's like a podcast connector and I'm sure, yes. I'm sure he's, uh, he's getting a bit of ego inflation because I always like to tag people in the episode. So when this comes out, I'll be like, hey, Ryan, <laughs> you're going to love this part of the episode because Overcast lets you uh, send a timestamp specifically. Oh, cool. So it's so, so like, do you want to forward at this timestamp? And so those are great because I'm like, hey, Ryan, your name is mentioned in three, two, one, and then I put the overcast link. So it's kind of like a little incentive for them to hear.
0: <laughs> that's a good tip. Yeah. I didn't know that was possible.
1: Yeah. So it's like if if someone is mentioned or you mentioned someone, that's you, know, you just tag them on Twitter and then send them to that specific mark so they feel like they're not going to have to listen to the whole episode and find that snippet.
0: I just started advertising on Overcast and I love it because yeah. it actually lets you track how many clicks and subscribes you get instead of kind of thinking that maybe an uptick in listeners is from something. So, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, we we've we been do that with clients as well cuz you got it when it works is in the specific categories that they're in. I know obviously you can do all of Apple Podcasts or all business which are that'll run you into the couple of thousands I think for a month.
0: <laughs> yeah. So not not there, looking for that,
1: but there is a news section in overcast or?
0: yeah there's a there's a news and politics section, and then you can do all which I've caught it at a, a reasonable thing. I just have done the first thirty days to see how yeah. it's gone, so i haven't I haven't followed up, but it's been interesting to actually see what it does
1: and it you can it's funny because you can see um so for for the listeners, if, if you're not familiar with overcast, it's a extremely popular um app and I really like it because it can create playlists and so that's, that helps me to sort my stuff. But they run ads, native ads at the bottom that are always running out of inventory so hopefully more people will listen to Overcast which will increase the amount of ad inventory they have. So when we do it and you can see. Yeah, you can I see, recommend Yeah, we can see how many people looked at the ad and how many people clicked on it and then how many people subscribed which is amazing stats. For, and you'd literally know, okay, it cost me 79 cents per subscriber so that's, that's really good right. stuff.
0: And maybe I shouldn't be talking about it because it's going to get more expensive for all of us. So don't don't do that. Actually. Yeah, never mind. <laughs>
1: we'll edit that part out. So have you found yourself um, as you started entering the podcasting world, like because you you come from um, you have a journalism background, right? That's how you got the that's that was your background, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, studied journalism and then spent uh, over ten years as a TV news reporter, working my way up um, to eventually Los Angeles.
1: And when was the first time you became aware of what was happening in the podcasting world?
0: Um, In L.A., actually. I was kind of in my TV news world uh, most of my career. But in more recent years, I had an hour-long commute in L.A. traffic. So I was like, I've got to be using this hour Better and I have to use my time better. And so that's kind of how I was like, what's this purple app on my iPhone? Let me discover it. It really was that. And next thing you know, I'm becoming a podcaster and quitting my secure job as a TV news reporter. That is the quote unquote dream job to Mm. start something totally different and something that I probably discovered, you know, not even a year before that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was moving pretty fast. Uh, yeah,
0: it was. But I fell in love with it because it was like, wow, I can use this time in traffic and learn all of these things. And then the more I discovered about business through business podcasts, mm-hmm. the more passionate about entrepreneurship I became. And so then that just led me on a whole path.
1: What was the, uh, there's, I always feel like there's an aha moment, but like when did you put podcasting, journalism and like my idea together?
0: Sure. So it kind of started when I was working as a news reporter and feeling like this isn't going the way that I want it to go anymore. Like mm. people are consuming news in a different way. I kept hearing from people that they weren't really watching or they a lot. The word that I heard a lot from people was depressing. Oh, yeah. And they just kept saying news is too depressing. It's too boring. People are too biased. I'm sick of the debates on Facebook. I don't watch TV for news anymore. And I'm like, in the back of my head, how can I make sure that I'm staying on the forefront of how people are consuming news? Because if this is my career, I want to make sure that I'm not trying to catch up all the time. And I saw that in traditional media is, you know, they're jumping on the social media bandwagon really late. Yeah, to, and, yeah. and I'm sure they'll eventually catch up to whatever the next thing is. You know, they're just now starting to get, I I'm hearing from reporters like, will you help me? And I think we're going to start a podcast at our station. And, um, And I was like, well, how can I make sure that I'm staying on the forefront and providing people with what they want? Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of that plus realizing that the next step for me in that career path was network. And while I felt like that was doable, it was no longer what I wanted. Mm. Um, And it was suddenly like, again, people aren't necessarily watching that. I think they're going to be late to the game, to whatever the next thing is. And then as I started listening to these podcasts... I was realizing in my morning when I was super busy that I wanted something that was a little less NPR style that mm-hmm. gave me a good overview, but was like, didn't suck the energy out <laughs> of my whole day. Yeah. Right. So, and I couldn't find it. And so that was kind of the aha moment of, I kind of want to do something different with my career. I kind of want to solve this problem for people in news and wait a minute, maybe I can just do it myself. So I did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So much stuff to uh, tease out there. I think uh, I'm always fascinated by these stories because um, I I know that, do you consider uh, like being a reporter entrepreneurial or or do you consider that a corporate job? I'm always curious because you're sort of, you know, a little bit in charge of uh, what you do, but at the end of the day, you do have a boss to answer to.
0: That's a good point. You know, I never thought about it that way. Um, I knew that as a reporter, I had a, had a lot of skills that could be applied to different things, meeting deadlines, mm-hmm. becoming a mini expert about a topic very quickly, having to be flexible. Um, I literally would go into work not knowing what I would cover that day. And, you know, by the time I left, we had completely produced a full story and then I would move on to the next one the mm-hmm. next day. And so being able to apply that to any job is a good skill, but I never thought of it as an entrepreneur type thing until I kind of came up with this idea and said, Mm. this actually really excites me. And the more that I dug into business stuff, the more that going to my corporate job felt like a nuisance and that I just wanted to learn, 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 and, and use my skills that I had gained over the last 10 years in a new way. And that's, what's so fun about this is I can take the skills and the credibility from that traditional path and apply it to a new creative, innovative thing that I can kind of make up the rules as I go.
1: That's so, interesting because yeah. I think everyone that becomes eventually becomes an entrepreneur, there is that moment where you spend more time at your nine to five thinking about your business.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's and that,
1: first it's like 10 or 20%, but I guess when it starts to move into like 50, 60, 70, you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs>
0: Yes. I think that is really the test. Yeah, It's like when I did not want to leave what I was doing because I worked in the evening for the 11 o'clock news, I would not want to leave what I was doing to have to go to that job. Hmm. Like really did not want to. Yeah. And, and, and I ran some surveys and did some stuff before I actually just quit to make sure that I thought people would really actually want what I was thinking I wanted to do. But like, as soon as I got some good feedback, I'm like, all right, yeah, And, and there had been times that I thought about doing something else in the past. And when I researched it and, and stuff, it just, it didn't really click as well. Mm-hmm. So this time was different. And I think, you know, people always talk about how you have to take action be- and not just think about something to yep. really know if that's what you want. And I could tell the difference between taking action this time and taking action when I was looking into maybe doing something else in the past. But I had in the back of my mind that I maybe need to do something different. And then this idea really
1: Mm.
0: was the thing.
1: And the feedback that you got, was it from people that were in the industry as well?
0: No. So I did, um, what is it? Survey Monkey? Yeah. I yeah. just uh, did a survey through that, and okay. I'm sure it wasn't super scientific, but it was just, hey, let me do like a two-minute example of what I have in mind yeah. and see what people think of it, and mainly I got some good feedback, especially about the things that I can't change. So maybe they said they didn't listen to podcasts, but they, mm-hmm. they said, I really like her voice, or I like, you know, things that were the key to me actually being different and, and being able to, like other things I could change, that was something I couldn't, and so... Um, that was a good exercise to see what people really thought. And then I also did a trial week before I actually okay. left to kind of see what friends and family thought because I and asked for their honest feedback before I went live to the public
1: mm. um. Yeah. So interesting because a lot of, a lot of, it's this idea of minimum viable product. They talked about like in in the software world, they just kind of put out the version that you can get feedback on. And I think that was important. Um, and I don't know that a lot of people use that survey. It's a free survey tool, SurveyMonkey. And, you know, as they get started, everyone seems like everyone and their mom has a new podcast idea. (laughs) Right. So if they, so if they did a little bit of that, I think, uh, it helped them, uh, sort of tune, you know, hone what, what it is your final product was. So, oh, I'm, I want to ask about the music. How many iterations did you go through before you landed on that? because I think you nailed it.
0: Oh, thank yeah. you. I know I love that you actually listen. That <laughs> makes my day, by the way. Um, so a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know it's funny because that was only like six or seven months ago, but it feels mm-hmm. forever ago. I'm and sure. i but yeah, in that moment, it was, oh my gosh, so uh, I went through all the different sites that yeah. you could go through audio jungle premium beats um Pond i don't five. even remember yeah all of them and listen to a lot and then you just start not being able to be objective anymore yeah, because yeah. you just have so many tunes in your head so what the moment that i remember is my brother and sister-in-law who i'm really close with were over and i was like i need you guys to really go through this with me like here i've narrowed it down to these five yeah. you know and they actually said that's the one mm. and and so, yeah, that kind of started it. And then I liked it because it was premium beats. I could actually pull out some of the,
1: the stems. It
0: wasn't just the one version. They have like other little parts of it. I don't yeah. know
1: what the technical term is, yeah.
0: but um, I used that for some of the transitions, okay. and then used the main thing for the intro. So, yeah,
1: nice. That's, and it's what I love is that you've timed your intro to like right before the clap starts. Which is let's go, and it's like. Or I mean, whatever. Uh, like, oh no, how, that's just editing. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying that, that you built right. it. You built it in that way, so you had that. Yeah. You had that piece of the audio that. So I don't know if you were thinking that you needed like a nice clap at the end to get kick it off, but it's just like the the combined words with the music and the energy, and then the clap. It just like gets you in, like okay, I guess you're making you're making news fun again, which is mm-hmm. interesting.
0: Yay! That's my goal. Sorry, I probably yeah. just blew out the audio. Um, <laughs> I got excited, uh, because exactly we—that's—that's that's the goal. But you yeah. don't really know—is that how it's coming across? So I love hearing that from from you. That—that's it is supposed to kind of give that energy and like, all right, yeah. let's do this.
1: Well, I mean, we touched upon it earlier, like where the the inspiration came from. I've literally deleted even the news app from my phone like I don't mm-hmm. even want to be tempted to look in there because I had it for a while I used to, I mean I was I mean I was a bit of a news junkie I would get I uh, grew up in New York so I would get the New York Times Sunday edition delivered and I would just spend Sundays just like literally just like going through each section um, and that was like relaxing for me but so I've always been sort of like interested in the news and then I had CNN news alerts and I'm like those are interesting until they just started reporting on the stupidest thing like that's an alert really a Kardashian like leave your house <laughs> Uh, I lost all faith in CNN at that point. And then I was like, okay, I'll just keep the news app and just look into it occasionally. Now I literally like, I'll do a search. I'll look in the search bar of Twitter, see if there's some, anything that's pops to the top of news. And occasionally Facebook will tell you something. But a lot of times, if it's important enough, someone will actually tell you, <laughs> "Yeah, hey, did you hear about this? No, I didn't. So so then it was, but it's been nice to now find your show. Um, and I have to put like exclamation par- exclamation points in my playlist uh, description so it shows up at the top because i literally have like 30 playlists <laughs> and so i have to, to have like exclamation point exclamation point news and then uh your show and uh nprs is in there as well i think maybe one other but that's it so that's my I can, and i can decide what i want to read or what i want to look Because especially yours is easy but if the npr is a topic that i've like no interest in i can just delete it right away so it's cool
0: Thank you. That means a lot. I um and that is one of the things about my show that I I try to do is just make sure you're well-rounded so that it's not just, "Oh, I don't want to listen to that one topic right now." It's okay, let me get an overview of everything from politics to tech and business to mm. entertainment yeah. and I can get that in less than 10 minutes. So, that's the goal and it and I do think that it's become a habit for a lot of people, which is nice about a a yeah. Monday through Friday show that, "Hey, this is what you need to know to start your morning, and if you want to dig deeper into something, awesome."
1: What's interesting is uh, I'm always, uh, my coaching hat always like uh, pops on our business coaching hat because you said Monday through Friday, but what about a weekend edition as a separate stream and you just focus on, and you can work with a lot of the different partners and just say, these are the highlights for, you know, what's what's happening this weekend in entertainment or in the, you know, something more sports or, you know, just big events.
0: Yes. So. When I can hire people, I will be happy to do that. <laughs>
1: well, essentially you are a one woman news desk, right? Yeah. So can you walk us uh, so the folks who are not as familiar with with that with the that industry, can you just highlight what are the jobs that you've now replaced with yourself <laughs> that you that used to be separate Everything. That's, that used to be separate people in your previous previous job. I'm just curious. How many Well, you could I will say
0: off? um okay. Well, let me, let me say that in my very first job in TV news, it's very similar in Mm -hmm. that you wear every hat. So I ran the camera, I was the reporter, Mm -hmm. I was the editor, you are everything. And then as you work your way up to bigger cities people start filling in those jobs for you. Yeah. So in some ways I'm kind of back to that, but it's it's been awesome because I have those skills yeah. because I had to edit in my very first job in TV. I know how to edit my podcast nice. and, um, because I kind of, I produced, I know how to produce my podcast and not just be the talent or voice. So yeah, I'm host, producer, editor, what other, what other jobs are there? Marketer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. marketer, <laughs> um, right?
0: Everything. Social media,
1: website, web developer,
0: <laughs> web development, you know, with the help of Squarespace. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's everything. Of, and well, I, I do, I will say when I go to a conference, um, or have something where some of my day is taken up, I've hired freelance writers to help me with some of the news writing. And then I mm-hmm. review everything and make, edits and still have to do the back end. Um, and one of those news writers has helped me edit some as well. So when I need it, I can lean on them. And the goal is that in the future, when I have more when I like am more than six months in yeah. and I have that the money from the business to reinvest, then I can hire more people. but I, I need to build that up a little bit more before I before I start hiring people. For now it's just here and there.
1: Have you started to have uh, for, like kids just out of school journalism school like hitting you up? Because I mean, I, th- I think through new media, it would, I would I'd rather go like intern if I was in journalism with like you as opposed to like you know I, I'm wondering if you you're seeing that that shift that's going to be seismic.
0: Yes, I'm excited to hire an intern. I definitely want to do that. I had um, someone at Brown University reach out to me and, and say, oh my gosh, I just told my whole communications class about your podcast. Wow. And that was exciting for me because it's part of the conversation now. Yeah. And um, But I, I, I need to figure out how to get an intern. I've actually I put the feelers out. Mm. So that's my hope for the summer is to start with an intern.
1: Well, yeah, I'll see, I'll see when this comes out and we make sure we, we mention it that <laughs> to look out for that and if people know. Um, yeah. But email I, I, me. I I can't imagine it would it would be hard. It's basically those people that, in, in, when you graduated, like what were you looking at to work at? Where would, where would you have liked to have interned? So, and, you know, that, that same process, I think, is going to help you.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think it's very different now, obviously. Yeah. Because as you said, I mean, I think there is a place for tra- traditional media and, and understanding how that works. But, um, but the beauty of what I offer is I can give them some of that traditional media advice and mm-hmm. some of the new media stuff. Oh yeah. So that's how I'm gonna sell it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's just so funny because I see the Newsworthy almost as this like uh, news organization.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, yeah,
1: there's no there's I no, see it that way too. Yeah, you could have a, like a team of, you could have a team of shows. Or I mean obviously and then once you've got the model, you can say you can ascend you'll you're like a radio station. I mean like a TV station almost or news yeah, station, or whatever I, you want to call it. Yeah.
0: I've already gotten people reach out. Will you do a Canada version? And mm. so I'm wow. thinking about doing that yeah. um, and partnering with some people that I know in Canada. Um, and I see it also being potential for a partnership with some video streaming services that don't mm-hmm. have news. I mean, I know Netflix is looking at doing um a, a new show. Yeah probably more of like a 60 minute style but i think there's also a place for video streaming services to have someone like me say hey here's a quick news update that you can just play on demand mm-hmm. and maybe as i grow you can have multiple updates throughout the day so if something new happens you know i'm i'm popping up three different times mm-hmm. and you can watch that within a couple of hours at at, at your convenience which is the beauty as we all know about podcasting and yep. why I love what I do because people don't have to be in front of their TV at 5 p.m. Yeah. to see what's happening. They can listen. Some people listen first thing in the morning, and some people listen while they're making dinner. Yeah, and I think it's valuable to both of them.
1: Totally. How, can you walk us through a little bit of the process for how you sort and and select like what goes in because yeah. it's so concise and this could be an your show could be an hour, right? If depending on how deep you want to dive, and right. so. There must have been a, a lot of previous training that comes into play. Um, so, can you walk us through that? Th- your thought process there?
0: Yeah, that's definitely the the TV news background. Mm-hmm. I mean, we um, in TV things are thirty seconds to a minute thirty. Mm. So, you learn very quickly over the years. To well, you you have to, and you learn over the years. Um, be able to take all of the information you got in that day and whittle it down to a very short, I mean, literally if my, if my stories were, I'm trying not to use TV news jargon.
1: Sorry. <laughs> it's like, no, we'll clarify um, when you do. <laughs>
0: um, when, when my story comes out, if it's sometimes a minute 30 is too long and they're hammering you to cut it down, cut it down. Mm. And, and I get that there is a place for more in-depth stories and yeah. with, that we need in-depth knowledge. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that, but I think with so many things going on that. Some knowledge in a well-rounded view is a good way to start. And mm-hmm. then you can pick the one or two things that you're most interested in to go seek out the in-depth thing, which is why I link everything in my show notes so that you can go read that whole article yeah. of the four places that I have checked. Um but so yes, it is definitely my TV news background that I am able to read three articles and cut it down to a 30 second story in a way that I tell a friend mm-hmm. because, and one of the things I did not like about TV news that I very consciously put into my show is talking like I talk now talking <laughs> like I talk to a friend. I was, it's so funny to go back and, and look at some of my old stories and that <laughs> reporter voice that I like have we'll because everybody up. has, it and you kind of, you just naturally train to do that.
1: Well, since you've mentioned it, we have to might have to hear at least 10 seconds. Oh no.
0: <laughs> Literally, my like, oh no. No, I'm gonna be embarrassed. Okay, um, my friends would be like, Oh my gosh, your reporter voice. And I'd be like, I don't have a reporter voice. No, my whole thing is I need to be natural. And it's like now I look back at that and I'm like, Oh my gosh.
1: What did you say? Yeah, it like? was re-
0: just I mean, it was authoritative, but okay. it was it was much more it was just less friendly. Yeah. Because it was more, let me tell you the news instead mm. of like, let's have, hey, oh, yeah. let, let me chat about this with you. And now I I feel like it's more digestible when I just give it to you in a friendly way and a very casual way, um, which I always wanted. I never like to use jargon and stuff when mm-hmm. I would write, yeah. but I've really taken it to another level of just being casual in my show now compared to what I felt like I could do, you know, in the traditional sense.
1: It's interesting you mentioned the jargon because I've been cognizant of that, and as I have just tried to get better as an interviewer as well, keeping in mind that we have a, a third person in the in the room, so to speak. You know, our listener, and he's listening, he or she is listening intently, intensely, and and we don't want to feel make them feel like they're left out. So even acronyms pop up, and I'm like, oh, what did you mean by that? And and then that just feels, you know, it's a, it's a little thing, but it just kind of includes them. I think, and we've all been there, even at a party, right? Two people are talking, and you walk over, and you're like am I gonna be invited into the conversation <laughs> or am yeah. I just gonna be standing outside?
0: And when it comes to news, what one of the things that I kind of realized is a lot of news organizations kind of assume that if they've covered it before, you know what it is. Mm. So if they're talking about net neutrality, well, everybody's heard about net neutrality, right? but do you really understand it? And do you really know what it means? Maybe some people, yes, but I think there's a lot of people out there that's like, I mean, I have a general sense, but you kind of forget what the details are. And then you can't really feel interested in the topic if you don't really understand it. And so one of the things I try to do is just like, even if it's one or two sentences to say, remember net neutrality is blah, blah, blah. And just kind of break it down For a second as a little reminder and so that once so that you can go oh yeah i knew that and Mm. then you can be interested in the actual topic and what's happening today
1: yeah because when you i think you lose people if you introduce some of these terms and they're too busy because their brain moves into like let me what does that mean and they literally like the next minute or two is completely lost or they weren't paying as much attention
0: exactly and we just i think no matter what you're talking about you can't assume that people know just because it's been out there
1: before Uh, Have you seen that the net neutrality um spoof from Burger King?
0: I don't know if I have.
1: It was burger, I don't know who is the media company behind Burger King. It sounds familiar, they are geniuses. They're like Burger King uses the Whopper to explain net neutrality. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I did see this actually. Yes, yes, so good. like you have to pay to get extra yeah
1: they had to they hold the bag or like is that? my food ready and the guy's holding the bag and i'm actually doing a visual now for the folks on audio. <laughs> i'm holding a pretend bag in the air and the the customer's like can i have it and they're like no we gotta wait and the guy looks at his watch he's gotta wait like 30 seconds before he gives him the bag <laughs> and the guy's losing his mind because it's candid camera so it's but it's just it, it explained it and then they interviewed the people outside the burger king they're like do you understand that neutrality now yeah i did it before but now i do and
0: Exactly. John Oliver just did a thing about Bitcoin Mm. and it, I think it was all over the place because people are like, I keep hearing about Bitcoin and I don't really understand it. (laughs) And so I think it it did so well because people want to kind of have that not, I mean, it's dumbed down version, but it's, it's not really because how are you supposed to know this stuff if you're not in that industry and Mm -hmm. the people we rely on to explain it are in the industry. So sometimes you don't even realize what you know that other people don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: because it seems so common to you.
1: Yeah, well, it's so interesting how all these little things that you've learned, you know, on how to do your journal, how to be a journalist, and then just this editing and how to get stuff into into bite size uh, bits of information that still are, are relevant and helpful. And uh, it's just it's just so so interesting. Like you know, they 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 say luck is when preparation meets opportunity right? And so you've sort of been preparing for this, not knowing that this is where you were going to end up.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't feel like I could just do this without that 10 years experience, both for the skills, but also credibility, you know, I mean, the reality is with all the talk of fake news and this kind of stuff, I I like to be able to say, look, you know, I have the training, Mm -hmm. I have the background, I'm not just Joe Schmo off the ground, you know. Um, So so that's nice, but also I, it does come down to, I, I have an instinct that yep. you gain. No matter what your thing is, you get mm-hmm. an in, uh, an instinct that you just know. Like people ask me, well, how do you decide? And some of it may be conscious, but a lot of it is just having, I, I don't know. I don't overthink it. I, yeah. I know that, okay, I want a few political stories. This is the main stories happening today. Um, what's the highlights? I mean, it just, it just
1: you just do it. It's And then... You've mentioned you've had a couple of folks in the industry already, like, reach out to you. I'm wondering yeah. if, So that's got to be... Because you have such a special Venn diagram, because you've got, like, the podcasting knowledge, and you've got the journalism knowledge, and there's, there's not a lot of people that are... That would leave and do their own thing in the same way that... Because you said you looked, and you couldn't find any stuff. So okay. that type of information, that IP, is super valuable, especially as people from the old industry try to move into the new one. I... I I just get the sense that you're going to be seen as, and are starting to be seen as an expert, which may translate into other business opportunities.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know. And you know, a lot of people are like, well, well are you offering, offering coaching services? Because that's what a lot of people do with their podcast. Yep. And just for me, I mean, right now I don't have the time, um, but I think as I'm able to outsource some of the, the news writing and stuff like that, then maybe that can open up some other things. Yeah. And I also, I do like mentoring people whether they're in broadcast journalism or other types of journalists so you know when i can fit it in i will i will totally do that and i think there's a lot of possibilities for the future of yeah where this will go and and that's the beauty of being flexible right like as people want something different i will adjust to that i don't have to this is my thing and it's never going to change no
1: i i i guess i'm thinking about like when the when People who started CNN, like when Ted Turner started CNN, like there was a feeling like, "Oh, what is this thing that we're doing? It's brand new and it's, it's very risky." And I, I sort of think of that when you're describing like all the possibilities with because you're entering this new world and you were the one of the first ones there um, to do it in this format. So um, people are gonna, you know, they're, they're gonna want to learn from someone who's already having success. So it, it's got to be exciting times. <laughs>
0: It is super exciting, and i 'm calling you the next time I have any doubts because you are like the best cheerleader right now I love it <laughs>
1: well it 's so funny because i, I we have I have calls like this with with clients for podcasting, and then I inevitably like um, want to ask and especially with you you got such a fantastic business model so if we have time at the end i'll I will come back with a couple of questions okay um, good and see what we can do about making this a really really big business um, when you were in the in the ten years when you were a journalist um, Did you, I know, I I know that you weren't doing, or or I don't know if you were doing in-depth stories, but were there occasions when you got attached to the subject matter?
0: Oh yeah, of course. Um, Even just a daily story. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a lot of these inspiring stories. And to be honest, I was doing fewer and fewer of them as news changed and we were chasing like the cell phone video that someone got or, you know, stuff like that. Um, But I loved telling the inspiring stories, the person that has struggled and overcame and now they're being honored or um one time i i went around with a police officer on uh like around christmas time and he was being secret santa so we would pull people mm. over and then actually give them money instead of a ticket <laughs> and it was stuff like that that it was wow. just like oh and that's why i got so attached to the more positive side of news yeah. i mean even though i know i talk about some negative stories, it's like, I don't want that to be the only thing that people hear or to think that news is only all bad because those were the stories that I loved. And I was like sick of going to all of these negative things. Um, when for whatever reason, that's what the producers wanted to do. So, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely got attached to those people and, Mm -hmm. and my goal was always to really do it for them. Yeah. Probably more than, the viewership or my career. It was like, I want to tell a good story because they spent their time with me and they have this incredible story and I just want to honor them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, you got to have a, or it tests, I think your level of empathy when you, Mm. when you do Mm -hmm. that many stories and you see that many walks of life and you know, you get to, you're all over, I'm sure doing stories in all parts of town, like the nice ones and the not so nice ones. Yep. Yep. And And I think, um, it's an important reminder, just to never lose sight of that. I, I try to make sure I'm aware of it constantly. In LA, you can see the, you can literally be in the Hollywood Hills at the twenty million dollar mansion and driving by Skid Row, you know, in the same day, and just like, whoa! Like, so I think all yeah. these vehicles that we have, you know, for folks we're, who find it's something that is important, and we can infuse what we produce on a regular basis, um, so that people can he can can have that empathy, um, and where we can tell like the human stories. I think uh, is a valuable thing. And I I definitely think that's part of what you're doing as well.
0: Yeah. And I think as I expand, I would love to, you know, have some features and and stuff like that in there too. I did start an interview segment and something I'm very conscious about is making sure that my experts are coming from different perspectives and backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was something I was trying to be conscious of as a reporter, because I think a lot of reporters, the easy thing to do is like, call the go-to person that they've Mm -hmm. been using for years and and not take that extra time to say, well, you know, there are more women or there are more people of color that are now experts in this field or um, that maybe aren't always reached out to. And that it's really important to, especially in media, uh, make sure that that everyone is an, an expert, that everyone can see themselves in experts that we portray. And so even if it's something as subtle as saying, even if it's on audio only, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's making sure that my experts are different from week to week in mm. many different ways.
1: And that comes obviously, I, mean, that, I would say some of that comes from your experience as well, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really? And, you know, I felt that responsibility, especially in traditional media, when it wasn't always happening. Yeah. And so, of course, when I'm starting my own company, yeah. that's going to be a top priority. And that's going to be true about when I hire and and everything. So I'm actually part of a program um, it's called 50 Women in Media Can Change mm. the World. Wow. Uh, <laughs> sorry, 50 Women Can Change the World in Media and Entertainment. Okay. Um, and it's like a four month thing. And and part of the reason they picked me was because I've, I've said that publicly that I, if with my company, I want to make sure that I'm showing all perspectives hmm. and they're like, okay, as people are building these companies, especially women, we need to make sure that they have the tools to rise in the system. Right. Yeah. So, um, so it's been interesting.
1: Wow. Really exciting stuff. And it's amazing when you realize, um, that uh, that your platform can do good and it, mm-hmm. it makes you like more conscious of what you say and and how you you know how you wield it for lack of a better term but i'm just cuz you start to see how many people you can touch
0: yeah and i think even for what i the main part of my podcast now even if it's not telling the human stories mm-hmm. It's keeping more people informed so that they can choose what impacts them the most and what they want to go look more into because I think what happens is when people just tune it out altogether, Mm -hmm. then you just start to lose what even interests you, what causes I want to get involved with. So if I can give them that big picture and the overview and they can fit it in, then slowly that'll grow into, hey, that was a really interesting story. I'm going to go look more into that or wow, I really resonated with that cause that she talked about. I'm going to go get involved with that. So I see it as something to keep people more informed and not just like, oh, the headline.
1: I thought it was really interesting when you uh, on the Thursday questions, it was a, you were dissecting what the kids in Florida did and how they became like how they leveraged that visibility and to, to, to create a platform and it was really interesting because um, you ma- you were making a point to say, you know, regardless of what your political views are, you know, there's information here that's valuable, valuable for anyone, you know, trying to um, take, you know, take a situation or um, something bad that's happened and turn it around to something positive and, and leverage the, atten- the immediate attention that that people are getting.
0: I mean, the reality is if you want media attention, you have to come across in a certain way because mm-hmm. if it's hard to follow or, you know, it's it's overly, I mean, that's obviously an emotional thing. But as we talked about in the interview, they mm-hmm. were able to take that emotion and still get their point across. So I think um, there are certain elements in having to be able to utilize media in the, in a way and in, and social media yeah. in a way that's actually going to resonate with people and be heard. Um, because there is so much noise out there. If you don't do it in a certain way, it, it may not click yeah. and people may not pay attention and that's just the reality. And so, yeah, these, these students have done an incredible job, especially in the face of trauma and tragedy. Um, and so no matter your view on gun laws, it was, it's interesting to look at that.
1: And I think it was around the time when I, just started subscribing to your show because I, I remember like actively thinking like hearing about the shooting and then I seeing your show and I'm like well, this is, this is going to be interesting like because <laughs> that's like you said there's certain topics as as, as much as you want to keep it lighthearted, you can't not talk about right right so I'm, I'm wondering I mean obviously no one wants to come across that news in their feed but I mean do you do a double take when you see stories like that
0: No, because I'm so I mean, unfortunately, I'm used to it. I, I, you know, I definitely see a lot less now than when I, I had to actually talk to the mom of the victims. And, Mm. you know, I don't miss that, to be honest. Um, So I don't do a double take, but I am very conscious of how. I have it come across because obviously Mm -hmm. even though my show is supposed to be fun, that is not a fun topic. Um, but again, it goes back to just being human and saying, how can I make this digestible for this moment? Mm. I'm telling you, like I would tell a friend like, Hey, this happened. This is what you need to know right now. Think more things are going to be coming out today about it. And then by the end of the show, I'm talking about something fun with Amazon and you know, and I think it's that mix that, Mm -hmm. that keeps it fun and it's, here's what you need to know and let's get real about that. But that doesn't, you don't need to watch three hours of CNN of depressing news and things haven't changed. So, and, and it's, it's the balance of being informed and letting yourself get depressed about it.
1: Mm. Um, it seems like you learned a lot, uh, through journalism. I'm wondering if you, uh, can tell me of a mentor or someone who's like important in your career that you think about, uh, during those times.
0: Sure, I definitely think there's little mentors along the way instead of maybe just one big mentor. Mm-hmm. Um and so that started for me, you know, in in school uh, at Indiana University with broadcast journalism teachers who really brought out, okay, this is how you use sound with mm-hmm. video and all that kind of stuff and then leading into an internship um, I had one internship that really stood out to me and one photographer, um, a videographer who sat down with me about editing and mm. this is pacing. And like, now I can't stand it. If there's one millisecond too much white spit, you know, like yeah, yeah. I need it to really, I am very particular about my editing and I felt so bad because the, <laughs> the editor I hired, I'm like, she did such a good job. Um, but I was like, I know I'm really picky and no one else can tell, but like you're, are just a little bit more feedback. <laughs>
1: That's, I can totally it, relate. I'm the type of yeah. person that can pick uh, a period and then two spaces out of a sentence as opposed yeah. to one space. <laughs> this week.
0: But it, I credit this, this mentor during an internship to yeah. really help me develop my ear in that way. And that, has helped me so much, even when I wasn't the actual one editing saying, Hey, let's, let's make it this way. Or mm. I really, I want there to be, even when I want there to be silence, like this is a really serious story. Let's slow down the pacing mm. and make sure that it, you know, even how I'm going to tell a story in my podcast now, I might slow down when it's sad. And then when something's really upbeat, I can speed up a little mm. bit, you know, and all of that pacing matters. And so I credit him a lot for really setting that foundation for me. Um, and then my first boss definitely gave me the encouragement. My first boss in my first job, when you're wearing every hat, it's like your first job out of college. You are on live TV for the first time. I was messing up and making all my mistakes. And I'm glad that YouTube wasn't really popular because you don't want to see that. Um, and so him just saying hey i see potential in you and really encouraging me and and giving me promotions you know yeah. every year um as there was turnover and saying you're right for this that gives you the confidence to take it to the next level
1: uh, yeah, you don't want to have your boom goes the dynamite moment. Yeah, <laughs>
0: the reality is like most TV journalists have a form of that. Maybe it wasn't that bad, but you a lot of times will mess up and maybe not in today's world because everybody's on video all the time with yeah, social true. media. But I think, you know, 10 plus years ago, that wasn't the case. And even with all the training in the world, I was going from, you know, one story a week in college to one a day at mm-hmm. least. Um, And being under a tighter deadline and having to do more jobs and all of that kind of stuff. And so there were definitely moments that I really messed up, but I learned from each one and I had good ones and that uh, led me to, you know, bigger cities and eventually this.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's so funny. It's like when podcasters post like their very first episode, and they're like, yeah. "You see, I wasn't perfect," you know? It's, exactly. Because you know, everyone is so worried about that. But uh, what I always say is, your tenth sounds better than your first, and your fiftieth sounds better than your tenth. And but you just got to put the the hours in. Um yeah. Like you said, there's nothing that'll. There's no better uh, highlight reel than live TV or a recording <laughs> of you on TV. You're like, oh man, so everyone's watching exactly. it with you.
0: <laughs> and I would, you know, and I think a lot of podcasters know this, but it, it's it's. Think about talking with a friend. How would you tell mm-hmm. a friend this yeah. instead of allowing it to be so professional all yeah. the time? You know, I think that's the key. And just thinking about that person's face that you're talking to. Yeah,
1: it's, it's so funny because a lot of times people say, "No, I'm just, it's all casual and, you know, on a podcast and it really is casual. It sounds like crap, but there's something in between casual and conversational right. and just like, but you still... uh you know, you still respect the, the mm-hmm. audience's time as well. So you don't get yes. too too crazy and you want to have good sound quality and stuff like that. But I, I'm all for definitely conversational. That's what this show is about. It's literally, I've had dogs barking and <laughs> the, U, the UPS guy show up. And most of the time, I like leave it in. Because it's just like a lot of podcasters listening, too, right? So, right, like, so they get it, yeah. <laughs> right?
0: And I think that's a great point. And I don't mean unprofessional, but yeah. when I say casual, I mean in, in how the words that I'm using, yeah. the tone of voice that I'm using. And actually, my show is scripted because I need it to be so accurate and mm-hmm. so time sensitive that I, I don't want to ramble or any of that. Um, and because I come from TV news, I know how to write for audio, yeah. um, but but i think that's when you have to know what is your podcast and what is right for your podcast some is it scripted cuz it's quick or is it an interview and you want it to be conversational and you're just going to have your outline or mm-hmm. maybe you just like to go off the cuff so i think it's it's knowing what your podcast is and then adjusting to what casual means for yeah, you i guess yeah. yeah but
1: even just the the guidance along pacing i think even podcasters who do solo shows and any who are doing a solo show that are listening now like to think about just changing the speed of the delivery sets you know you don't even have to have music you know so you could literally do it like you said with speeding up on the good news and slowing down on the on the 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 bad news or anywhere you want to draw emphasis and it's it reminds me of a tip i got from a a speaker coach as well he's like at Mm -hmm. some points he just got it slow down because <laughs> yeah. everyone's yeah. just like oh what's he saying they lean in on that so and, and, and that's great great advice
0: there's so many elements that people don't know why they like it or dislike mm. it but it's these technical things yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it is that pacing or the tone of voice and the audience member isn't going to say oh i really like the tone of voice <laughs> but they're going to say well wow, i really yeah. like this and that's probably part of the reason why. And so it's our job to kind of know what those things that we need to know are yeah. and how, and to try to improve on them if, if we're not there yet.
1: So I imagine when you became a journalist, folks in your family were pretty proud of you?
0: Yeah, my dad was definitely the dad that, that watches every single video online, because even though he wasn't local and he couldn't watch the local oh, news, yeah. he would like wait till the next morning till it was out online and watch it and then comment. Um, and he'd always be like, why wasn't your story up today? And I'm like, oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> did, he, did he show up in like a t-shirt with your face on it or something? Like that?
0: <laughs> he, he totally would. I don't know if he ever went that far, but he would get very excited if I gave him like a station hat, yeah, yeah. you know, that said like CBS on it or something. Um, and he would, he would definitely bore his customers, you know, at work like, oh, did you see, I'm like, they don't care. I prompt, they do not care. I know that you think they do.
1: I bet you if they um, had, um. You know how they have my daughter is an honor student bumper stickers? If there there is like my daughter is a local news reporter.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I give them a lot, both of my parents, a lot of credit because I thought they would be a little worried when I chose to leave because they want to see me on the Today Show or whatever. But they've always just been really, I'm really lucky. They've always been really supportive and they believe, hey, if you put your mind to it, you're going to be successful. And we're here to back you up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they were at first a little wary. They don't really understand yeah. what podcasts are and are you sure? But they knew that at the end of the day I wasn't happy in what I was doing anymore and that I was really excited about this and so how can you argue with that, right? So, um so yeah, and and especially even when I moved to my first my first job in mm-hmm. TV news, I was, you know, all my friends were going to big cities and mm. I was moving to the middle of Missouri to start a part-time job making you know, not even ten dollars an hour, yeah. working thirty hours a week or something. Thankfully, it's in the Midwest, so the cost of living is lower yeah, yeah. Uh, than LA where I'm now. <laughs> um, but, but they were supportive of that, and they also were the advice givers when I struggled yeah. in my first job, saying, yeah. "Oh my gosh, can I do this? This is really hard," mm-hmm. and them saying, "You know, hang in there." And so, and and watching me do what I've done, yeah. um, over the last 10 years. So, so I think that's part of the reason they're like, all right, you've, you've done the hard part now, yeah. you know, go for it. So.
1: Yeah. You've climbed, um, what most people would see as the top of the mountain and you were just like, Oh, there's like another mountain here. I'm going <laughs> to,
0: I know. Isn't that weird that how that happens, but we always want to keep improving and challenging ourselves. And, I and think and, and,
1: I, yeah, no, I was just gonna say, I think there's a special mix of people. Like there's, there's folks that I've gotten, all the, the 10 years of journalism training that you did and experience, um, you know, maybe even born around the same time, but they don't, that's a, there's like a single digit percentage of people like you who just, there was something in you that said, nope, there's more to this or this is not enough for me. <laughs> and that's where you are, why you are, where you are now.
0: And, you know, there's people that left news along the way mm-hmm. and there's people that will continue to take it and love it and, and take it to, Network and see a future there. Um, I don't think anything's wrong or right, but yeah, I felt like I saw an opportunity of something that didn't exist that okay. I could fill. So I had to jump on it. My thing is I don't want to regret. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't want to wonder what could have happened. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I would have wondered more about this idea that I had yeah. than what would happen if I go to network news. Because I kind of know. Like, I know what that looks like. Yeah. And um, I was more excited about this and would have wondered more about this, I think, than the other thing
1: yeah well I think uh it's it's turned out to be a good thing for for you and for the people who are discovering the show so it's I'm, I'm really happy that uh, we're having a chance to share your story
0: Thank you. I'm so glad
1: <laughs> we got a couple of questions as we wrap up um okay. w- What's something you've changed your mind about recently?
0: ooh um something I've changed my mind about recently. Well, I have a potential partnership um that i can't i don't really want to (laughs) talk about it a lot yet because it's i it hasn't
1: we'll save that for the the, the bonus episode
0: (laughs) but um i wasn't sure what i wanted that partnership to look like and Mm -hmm. i think we've come to how it's gonna go so we'll see about that but that's that's been top of mind lately
1: very interesting um what's the most misunderstood thing about you
0: a lot of people think that a reporter was, is just handed a script and goes on TV. Yeah. Um. They don't really understand that I, I actually did all the work. <laughs> like I did all the research, the interviewing, the yeah. writing in the early parts, the camera work, everything. So, yeah. I And I, I realized that as I was getting out, I was talking to people outside of news. Yeah. They were like, well, what what did you do all day or something? And it's like, uh, yeah, I turned this story out of nothing, you know, and it was just me. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's cool. I, it's interesting, because like you say, people hear you in a, in a podcast, you experience this all over again. Like they hear you all the time. And they think you're like a certain person or they just imagine you a certain way. Because in podcasting, they can't really see you. So there's always like, right. I thought you were taller. I thought you were older.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know. People haven't really told me when I when I was in TV, peop- people say the same things like sometimes it would be like, I literally would get you're prettier in person. Or you're prettier on like you're more professional and prettier on TV. Like I literally got both. So I'm like, well, as long as I'm getting both, then whatever. Yeah, that's true. But uh you take, the yeah. av- you
1: take the average of those compliments.
0: I will say I think it's it's gonna be fun because I'm not out in the city as much mm-hmm. with podcasting. So I haven't been able to. So when I do, like when I saw you the second time and yeah. you'd actually started listening to the show yeah. and you were like telling other people enthusiastically about my show, I was like, oh my God, those are the moments that you have to have yeah. to know that your work is paying off. Oh, totally. And I, I think you get that a little bit less when we're, you know, not out and about like I was as a, in tv so yeah. it's nice to go to those conferences or go to those things where other people you can actually talk to them face to face
1: yes they're, they're like i call them our super fans um and when you're at like a podcast micro celebrity whatever it is like the best way to get uh you know that feedback is to go to a podcasting conference yeah exactly. <laughs> because we all know each other's shows I and mean, when we see people like you know that that we see our, the, the pat flins and, and the people who we listen to for a long time but then we see the people with the hit shows or like sarah koenig you know everyone there's like a mini rock star in podcasting world <laughs> and so like, yeah oh, there's Erica and mandy and they're like oh there's harry podcast junkies and there's dave jackson school of podcasting
0: <laughs> yeah and and also um social media helps with that a little bit because yeah, yeah, you yeah. can now you know reach out directly and message yeah. you and so whether it's the review on itunes or an instagram message where someone's like i love your show i'm yeah. like yes this is what i need to hear today you know
1: very cool so what's the best place for folks to track you down
0: you can just go to my website thenewsworthy.com i'm also on instagram at erica news
1: erica thanks so much this was so much fun
0: <laughs> so much fun thank you for having me uh, have a great day you too
1: so nice so nice so nice to have erica on the show just a breath of fresh air and and a a really inspiring story on how to take your passion and what you think might be your career and turn it completely into something else marrying some other technologies and platforms Um, i really love how what you see is what you get With Erica, when you meet her in person, it's that same personality that comes through on the podcast every single day, and the fact that she works hard to get those episodes out by 4 a.m., is just a testament to how seriously she's taking this, and I see nothing but great things for her ahead. As always, don't forget, our full show notes are available at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 168, intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com. Stay tuned next week for a repeat visitor. It is a an original OG fan of the show, Denny he host of Diz Runs. It's been three years since he's been on <laughs> It's Bananas. He was one of the early, 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 early guests, and I think it's single digits if i remember correctly i always forget the number but he is a good good friend and i was so happy to get him back on and just see that he's still going gangbusters with his runs and so it's a a little bit of a podcast junkies family reunion with denny looking forward to that episode 169 next week don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive the updates. We are back on track, as you may have noticed. We're getting the updates out about the ep- all the guests that have been on the show, and also a reminder every now and then of the past guests, because I really talk about this a lot with you guys, the importance of treating your guests like gold. And so every opportunity I get to communicate what they're up to, and just to remind you of some of the conversations we had, we are at episode 168 as we type this out. Uh, so it's a bit of harder work on our end to kind of remind you of wh- what's been happening, and it's always fun when we do that if you made it this far then you're no doubt waiting anxiously for the retention hashtag it's hashtag news erica one word and her twitter handle is the nw podcast Uh, nw for newsworthy so it's all one word the nw podcast and tag her and tag us at podcast underscore junkies thank you so much for the support of the show And for the random meetups I've had of people who have told me they've uh, enjoyed the show after they hear who I am. I was at a uh, a shoot for a friend recently. Uh, He's teaching folks how to deliver a TEDx-style talk, and I introduced myself. And the woman there said, I know who you are. I listen to your show. And that always brings a smile to my face. So reviews, speakpipe, comments a la Dave Jackson, all are welcome and all will be uh, reciprocated and responded to. So thank you so much. Love you guys. We'll chat next week.